Welcome to our podcast. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> to not to me. No. I don't need luck. Maybe to me. Maybe to you. Hi, I'm Justin. And I'm Steven. So we've gotten that out of the way. Yep. Hey, um, do you know who the Beatles are? It's uh yes, it's that band that was heavily influenced by the monkeys, right? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, we're out of the gate, we're already with a dumb and dumber joke. So like you know, we have a lot of independent and creative thought going on here. I apologize. Well, I didn't apologize. I said good luck at the beginning of this. So it's a good thing. So, you know, so today's October 13th. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1963 and on October 13th, the yeah. Beatles made their debut on Sunday night at the London Palladium, which they topped the bill and transmitted live to an audience of 15 million viewers. So that's three years after they formed. They formed in nineteen. Okay, I was so that's not. It wasn't really their debut. It was their debut on the Sunday night at the London Palladium, I which got is you. a like a. It's it's like a late night show in England. I'm 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 assuming across the pond. Yeah, yeah. Um, thought that was interesting, and they played "From Me to You," "She Loves You," "Twist and Shout," and "I'll Get You." Was. Was Twist and Shout an original? Yeah. It's, it's the same one like, I'm um, thinking but, of the Twist. Yeah, that's different than the Beatles song, Twist, twist and Shout. Twist and Shout. I, it's possible I didn't know that that song was the Beatles. It seems very, it seems like reality that you didn't know it was the Beatles. I don't know if a lot of people do know. Well, because here's why. So I had, um, I like the Beatles. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say I'm in like with the Beatles. Mm-hmm. But I had their, um, because of when I was born, like the year 2000 is always going to be 10 years ago. Oh. You weren't born in 2000. No. Right. No, I was born in the 80s. So, hey, I'm already like, I'm just going to dox myself right out. Here's my home address. (laughs) Here's my age, my date of birth. That's the same thing. Right. Um, No, so being born in the 80s, graduated high school in 2002. Uh Uh-oh, I'm giving more info. So, like, there's kind of a meme out there now that, like, for people my age, the year 2000 was 10 years ago. Right. So, I'm going to say around 10 years ago, sure. the Beatles released their album One. Right. Definitely wasn't 10 years ago. 22. I'm pretty sure it was in, like, 96. <laughs> a little oh, later years, than that. A little like, later than that. Yeah. So, I had that, and I would listen to it, and I don't think Twist and Shout was on that album. Yeah, but because I don't think it was a number one hit for them. Probably not. I'd also like to say that on this podcast, uh-huh. I'm going to say a lot of things. Yeah, with very little like firm factual information. Well, that's you bringing your authentic self. To yes, the podcast, it is. And I think that's very important. For <laughs> I will success. say it with enough authentic, like enough authority, oh. to where it's like, wow, that must be true. I mean, I believed it. Yeah, like Twist and Shout was released, maybe never. Maybe it's like an Ed McMahon situation where like, sure. Did he actually show up at people's? Yeah, he definitely did. I don't know. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care either. Anyways. Now I'm like, now I want to know when Twist and Shout was released and I want to know 
when the album one was released. I, I would look it up, but my phone is out of reach. I wish. If only you had some sort of laptop right in front no. of you. But anyways, you were talking. I was. But it was it really that important? Um, do you know something interesting about the Beatles? Do you know who Pete Best is? No. Right. So Pete Best is a guy. I don't know if this is about the Beatles or not, but it felt right in the moment. Sure. So Pete Best, there's a story, right? He was a drummer. Obviously not a very famous drummer because you've never heard of him. It's possible. And I feel like you've heard of everybody that's anybody. <laughs> and like everybody that lives in that middle ground of like they wanted to be somebody, but they weren't. But you know who they are. Anyway, this is. Hard. That's just because that's me. Right. Wanted to be somebody, but I'm not. But you're not. <laughs> <laughs> so Pete Best was a drummer. Yes. He was in a band like a while ago. The name sounds familiar, but I don't know if that's Pete Best just sounds like a musician's name. Yeah. No, I think for a lot of people, Pete Best, the name sounds familiar, but like, who is he? Yeah. You know, I think that's a lot of people. Who is he? Right. So he was a drummer. Maybe he still is. But he was in a band. And one day, like the band was starting to get, not famous, but they were starting to get catch some traction. They were pretty good. And they had a realization that, you know what? Like Pete's not going to work out. He's not the guy. For us. So we got a Blink-182 situation here. Exactly. Yeah. So we got to find another guy. So, but none of the other members of the band were ballsy enough to talk to Pete about it. Because they right. were, like, Pete was kind of their friend. Yep. So they had the band manager fire Pete mm. for no reason. Well. I mean, there was a reason, but they didn't give Pete the reason. Right. Do you know who Ringo Starr is? I do. Who's Ringo Starr? The drummer for the Beatles. Yeah. So Pete Best was the original drummer of the Beatles. Okay. Okay? Yes. The Beatles turned into kind of a big deal. Sort of. Right. So one day he walks into practice, rehearsals. Yeah. Whatever you call what a band does. Yeah. And the manager's like, hey, Pete, it's not working out. Yep. We're going to have to. Hit the bricks. Hit the bricks, Pete. Yep. Like, go Hit the bricks, hopefully better than you've been hitting the drums. Abbey Road. Uh, like walk across Abbey Road. I like it. Take but an he ap- didn't. Take an apple on your way out. Right. I like that. Thank you. But he didn't, like, he didn't, he's not in the photo of them walking. Right. So he didn't do it. He's behind that Volkswagen. Probably is. He actually is underneath the Volkswagen. He got hit, uh, they oh, ran him no. over. They ran him over. Anyway. <laughs> That's why Paul doesn't have shoes on. That's right. <laughs> they had blood on him. He's it like, just, quick, hide the evidence. Yeah. <laughs> is DNA a thing yet? Yeah. It, well, I think. OJ who? <laughs> Years later. Um, so he gets let go. Now, come come to find out the reason that the Beatles wanted him out is as they started to gain traction and as they started to grow in popularity and this Beatlemania thing started, started to become a thing, he was the poster child for the Beatles. They all got these crazy, I mean, the strikingly... Mop tops fantastic haircuts yeah a bunch of bowl cuts right like <laughs> phenomenal that's it's possible you had a bowl cut no no however um being born in florida you best believe i had that mullet for probably longer than i should have i'm disappointed you don't have it now i would bring it back if it wasn't tied to significant like 
social trauma and, and professional ramifications. No, no trauma. I, I'm not sure what makes you think I w- I'm ashamed of said mullet. Nothing. Yeah. But you think about the fact that like the Beatles, arguably one of the biggest bands of all time. I don't think it's arguable. It's not a, one of the biggest bands of all time. That's right. right. Um, if you argue that thing, you just like arguing. They just are. No, but the not. fact that they got that popular with that haircut, it's possible other options were limited at the time as far as music and style went. Yeah. Like, my mother's going to listen to this. Huge Beatle fan. Yeah. She watched the whole Peter Jackson documentary. Loved it. Uh, I don't like the uh, Get Back. I think it was called Get Back. Get Back. Yeah. Get Back to Where You Once Belong. Yeah. So they, in the documentary, I've you see them it. write that song. Get I've, Back, JoJo. I love the song. Yeah, because there was some guy named JoJo who kept getting into the camera shots when they were filming it. So they say, Get Back, JoJo. You should look this up in your book of Beatles songs. That's definitely what it's about. It's not. The book Anyways, of Beatles songs I have right here. Yeah. Okay. You have a you have a very cool you have I wouldn't even call that a coffee table book because it would take up like it's too much for a coffee table. That's why I keep it on my built in cabinet TV stand. Lovely built ins, by the way. Not a stand. TV console. I'll tell you what. Yeah. Everybody out there right now uh-huh. is very happy they've tuned into this gold. Anyways, oh yeah. Talking about the Beatles. So my mother, huge Beatles fan. The fact that I'm making fun of them slightly for their haircuts, I'm going to get a phone call. Well, good. You should get a phone call because I think they were beautiful. But you know who thought... you know? So what? Pete Best. Right. Yes. Oh, that's right. Yeah. We were talking about something. So Pete Best was becoming the cover boy. Poster boy. Poster boy is a yeah. better way to say cover boy. I think cover girl is and poster... Is it poster child? Poster child is typically has negative ramifications. Yeah, I just don't like that at all. I don't um, like talking about boys or children. Right. We should abandon this conversation. Um, no, we shouldn't. All right. Twist and shout right here. Okay. Anyway. It's a good thing we're doing a visual medium, so everyone's aware of what you're referring to right now. Mm-hmm. Don't you all <laughs> see this? What's wrong with you people? Gosh. Okay, um, so Pete Best becoming... Oh, right. He was coming the poster boy of the Beatles. And the, I don't... This may be news to people... And maybe your mom is one of these people. And my mom, too. My mom's probably going to listen to this. And she probably loved the Beatles. Not a super attractive bunch of lads. <laughs> Sorry, just... <laughs> not a super attractive woman. That It's not where you were. And I apologize. No, it's great. Steven's mom. I think we've met. I think I've met your mom. But I just... Wonderful. Where you were going... It was an unfortunate pause after not super attractive. Like I, I wouldn't have paused there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why this Pete is Best. gold. Pete Best, yeah. So he... was Pete? Is Pete handsome? Pete's a pretty handsome dude. Pete's a good-looking dude. Pete's a pretty good-looking dude. And so the Beatles felt mildly threatened by that. I, understandably. Right? And I don't... I'm going to preface this by saying I mean no disrespect to drummers. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I literally just kind of by proxy made fun of your mom. Yeah. But you made fun of her because I laughed at your pause. So it's really your fault. It is. 
Mrs. Hodgman. Sorry, Mom. Yep. So no disrespect to drummers. No disrespect to drummers at all. Can other than Ringo? Yeah. Can you name five? Oh, five. Famous drummers, like five famous drummers. I'm gonna try. All right. Neil Peart. Okay. What band? Rush. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like you're already taking too long. No, 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 no. Okay. Um. I can't think of his name, but the dude from Metallica. But the name is the big, like, yeah, okay. I could say the drummer from Aerosmith was awesome. What's his name? Hmm. Who's the lead singer of Aerosmith? Travis Barker. Barker, sure. Because I made a Blink-182 reference. Two, put the, you know, there's not three. It's true. I had, for those list, I had three. You listed I, three I only bands. two. I listed three bands. <laughs> you didn't list three drummers. All right, Neil Peart, Travis Barker, um, famous drummers. Just stop there for a second. Okay, I will. Name three, f- name five. I'll do the same number. Okay. Name five famous musicians. That guy from Metallica. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, so this I can probably do. I don't know why I thought of him first. The The point you're making is obviously anyone can do it. I'll say Steve Vai, Joe Perry, um, Angus Young. Love it. Um, wow. Just any two. Just any two more guitarists. We've talked about 50, not even we guitarists, really just have a musician. Just any Stephen Hodgman. Thank you. Yep. Famous, though. Uh, oh. Um, oh, no, I'm on the spot and I'm totally blanking. No, I love it. Like Taylor Swift. Is she a guitarist? I said musician. Oh, you no, you said any five famous guitarists. Well, she plays guitar, so it still fits. Is she famous for it? Oh my gosh, Slash. Thank you. Tom Morello. Okay. Okay, I had to take a moment to, you know how like... I mis, I misrepresented the question. It's possible you never said guitarist, and I, I just didn't. went there. You did. Yeah. But that's fine. But it was one of those things where it's like, hey, how old are your kids? It's like, I know this. Yeah, I think I, four. I promise I do. Right. But in this moment, my brain is like, no, I'm not going to tell you. Of course. Who do you think you are? Right. All right. So you're making the point that other than Ringo, there's not a lot of famous. Is Ringo the most famous drummer ever? I would say Ringo is the most famous drummer ever. And is it because of his name? Do you know his real name? No. Oh, come on. Do you know five famous musicians? Yes. Can't prove that. That's true. I don't. What's his real name? I forget. Come on. (laughs) You can't do that. Well, now, by the way, just it's like no, it's it's like it's not this, but it's like Roger Starbuck. That's he was. He's Star, a quarterback for he the was a quarterback. Jets, maybe. Mm, Packers, probably more accurate. Starbuck. Joe Namath was the Jets. Was the Jets. the Jets' big one? I think Starbuck was was a Packer. Oh crap! There's there's some old fellas out there getting cranky at us. So so far, I've upset my mother. Mm-hmm. I've insulted your mother. Right. And I've made. I've made the geezers mad by not knowing who Starbuck played for. I'm not even saying his last name right at this point. Right. It's irrelevant. Okay. But Pete, Pete Best. Best was very attractive. <laughs> <laughs> he was an attractive fella. Sure. And so the Beatles were like. So they replaced him with equally attractive. Ringo Starr. Wait, is that part of the reason why they chose Ringo? 100%. Stop it. Is the reason they chose Ringo. So part of the reason that they chose Ringo was because if you. For those of you that are listening, um, I can't show you the picture of Ringo because you're just listening with your ears. 
So look at a picture of Ringo Starr. So Ringo, I think, aged well. Sure. A beard helped Ringo, which okay. back in Beatles time, you couldn't have a beard. Oh, no. In Beatles time. <laughs> I think you'd say the 60s. Yeah. But like he actually, once he got older, he's- He grew th- into his nose. I think so, yeah, yes. he grew into his nose. Yeah. But the point is, huh, point of his nose, he had a big nose. And he, Ringo, and yeah. he wasn't super attractive. Pete was a good looking dude and the, and, and, and the Beatles felt threatened by that. And they were like, no drummer is going to be the poster child mm. of our band. So I think Paul and John weren't loving that. Sure. And they were like, he's got to go. Yeah. So they fire Pete. They bring on Ringo. And the tidbit of information that I learned, where I learned this was from a book called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Oh. And so the reason I say that is A, great book. B, Pete Best could have looked at the success that the Beatles had and been like, It could have been me. I got fucked. I could have been a contender. Right? Like, I could have been landing on a, in a helicopter in Shea Stadium. Yeah. And playing, you know, in front of New York City. That could have been me on Ed Sullivan. Right. He could have been on the rooftop playing their last concert. Yeah. You know, on their original studio. Like, that could have been him. Yeah. But instead, and he, I mean, that could have had a very negative effect on his life. I could have been. kicked a, out of the Beatles. Instead, I'm a bum. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'm guessing, based on where you're going in the title of the book, that that didn't happen. Didn't happen. It'd be great if it did. Right. The guy was like, here's an example of someone giving, like, caring too much. Caring way too much. And this is why you shouldn't care, because it'll ruin your life. Right? No. Music has ruined his life. <laughs> he he drummed. Right? Yeah. That's the, ad, that's the verb. It is. He He drummed in bands. Yeah. No famous bands. Didn't make it in, his name was not in Shining Lights. But he, it afforded him the ability to have, to marry happily, to have kids, raise a family, live a life of, he was very happy. Yeah. Right? And he said, he said being kicked out of the Beatles was the best thing that happened to him because it put things into perspective for him. He was interviewed years later. Right. Of like, hey man, like, aren't you so upset that this wasn't you? And he's like, no, this was the best thing that ever happened to me. Because I didn't have to travel the world. I didn't have to miss time with my family. I didn't have to... Think about what happened to the Beatles. They fell apart. After decades of incredible... Like, he didn't have to travel the world. Like... All right. It's like... But they fell apart. I, I mean, yeah. But... They were... Not only popular... Yeah. They okay. They were not only relevant mm-hmm. for decades. Sure. They were popular until now. Oh, they they will. I I believe. Let me ask you this. Okay. Do you think that you have children? I have children. Do I think I have children? No. Yes. Uh, good. You're right. Ding ding ding. You hey. Win. Hey. <laughs> um, I have very young children. You have children as well. I do. Our children. When our children are our age. Yeah. They're going to know who the Beatles are. I realize I said, let me ask you a question, and I've just been full of statements. I think they will because 
of the Beatles' impact on pop culture. Sure. My son and daughter both know at least, wow, there's three of them. They know George Harrison, Paul McCartney, and Ringo, all from The Simpsons. Fine. So the Beatles, so that's what I'm saying about Pete Best. I applaud the gentleman for being able to let that go. Mm -hmm. And I, yes, it's obviously the best thing that he should do in that situation. But to come out and be like, boy, I'm glad I avoided all those trips to like foreign lands. America. They went a few other places. Yeah. America is best. (laughs) The end. Right. I figured. Yeah. So, one was released on November 13th, 2000. So, I mean. So, 10 years ago. Right. So, you nailed it. It's possible my mom got me that for my birthday. Dude, I'm giving up even more personal. There's a lot of things that are possible. Because now. November 13th, people are like, all right, well, he wasn't born before then. Right. You're a certain age. (laughs) Twist and Shout, taking it back to Twist and Shout, it was recorded on February 11th, 1963 in Studio 2 at Abbey Road. Okay. Does that book tell you where it peaked on like Billboard or anything? Hmm. You ask a lot of really good questions. There's more. Uh, No. Okay. No, it more just tells you like, what the details of the recording because, are. Because, like, playing the song back in my head, I can hear it as the Beatles. But that's one of those songs where I think I've only ever heard it at, like, school dances and weddings. Oh, for sure. Or in maybe, like, a like an 80s, um, like, movie. like comedy. At a school dance or a wedding. At a school dance right. or a wedding. Yeah. Um... So this is this the note on this was a it was a masterpiece to close the recording session. So Jeff Emmerich remembered that Richard Longham, the session's assistant engineer, had told him John had sung Twist and Shout without his shirt on, despite he had a cold. <laughs> the cold temperature and the humidity of the studio. So he sang Twist and Shout without a shirt on. And he was sick. And it was and it cold was in cold the studio. And damp. And damp. So you're telling me it was cold and damp in London? Sh- sh- surprise. <laughs> yeah, I am telling you that. So that was the last... Re- what album was that on? That was on um, this one. It'll tell you at the beginning of that section, I think. See how it's got that little year tab at the bottom? Mm-hmm. If you go to the beginning of that year tab, I think it tells you with the albums. I'm learning that you know more about this book that's in my house than I do. Yeah. Uh, But it's not telling me any of that. Oh. Oh, wait. You mean like the beginning of the tab? Yeah. That makes sense. You know, like how I said that tab? Yeah. Oh, Uh, the album was released March 22nd, 1963. Please, please me. Is that an album? I don't think that was an album. I'll call up LJ. Please please me. The beginning of the legend. The live a live album. It was a live album. Huh. Well. Which okay. Yeah. Which twist and shout I do believe you hear an audience in, right? Sure. It feels and maybe that's why I'm equating it to I've only heard it at parties because it was that like party rock anthem of nineteen sixty two? I think it was. Yeah. I think it was. So, so the Beatles were, 
and LMFAO. Like same. Yeah, Mount Rushmore. So here's what's it, Mount Rushmore of, of, of party, party anthems. Of yeah, party anthems. It. And Andrew WK. Obviously. Who's Andrew WK? Really? Maybe. The um uh let's get a party going. Let's get a party going. Oh. Let's ride a party and we party hard. Party hard. Oh yeah. Yeah. Andrew Hopefully WK. we don't get copyright striked for that. We won't. It was because well, we hey. didn't play the whole song. Yeah, but like even a little bit. Because I'm like so I'm like I'm a I'm a mockingbird. Yeah. All right. So apparently, this live album, please please me, that Twist and Shout was on. Mm-hmm. There were multiple sessions. So the I'm going to read this to you. Okay. Because I think it's interesting. The album was recorded in one day. Which, okay, duh, it's live. Uh, not duh. On February 11th, 1963, which was divided into three sessions and breaks. So the morning session was 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. where they recorded There's a Place and I Saw Her Standing There. Yep, heard that song. Love that song. Yeah, good song. There was a break between 1 and 2.30. Mm-hmm. Then they had an afternoon session from 2.30 to 6 where they recorded A Taste of Honey. I don't know that song. Never heard it. Do You Want to Know a Secret? I enjoy that song. There is a Place... And then I saw her standing there overdubs. I don't know what that is. So this is interesting. Tell me. I believe, I could be wrong on this, but one of the things that, that is interesting about the Beatles is, and this and people, I think a lot of people that um, don't, I don't give the Beatles the credit they're due is they really were innovators when it came to technology surrounding what you could do with music so the concept of four tracking eight tracking like and this is talked in that get back documentary they actually go into this which i think is cool and like their brand which was apple studios apple something not related to apple computers but like apple recording equipment was like the beatles brand of gear merchant like and they would get stuff custom built to achieve the sounds that they wanted to achieve and so overdubbing is what they probably did is they had a vision for that song let's say the equipment at the time allowed them to record four tracks Mm -hmm. so realistically you've got let's say you've got one track that's all your vocals and you have a guitar a bass and drums that's four tracks right there sure you also have a live audience mm-hmm. who were potentially just mic'd through the vocal mics, but I doubt it. I'd be willing to bet if they were recording a live album, they had the audience mic'd separately in order to be able to mix the vocals properly with the rest of the music and the people in attendance. Okay. And so overdubbing, what they probably did is they probably recorded the song, let's say, without harmonies. Or without um, a guitar solo. Like, this sure. is just, I, get it. I don't know for sure. Yeah. So you, you basically, you there? I wasn't. Okay. So you record the same song twice, but you're recording different elements each time you record it. And then you meld those two together and overdub one on top of the other okay. to accomplish multiple tracks, more tracks than you can record in one session. Oh. That's fascinating. I think it is. But it 
probably not as fascinating now, but in 1963, that was probably, like you said, very innovative. No, like even... Um, or not as uncommon now, I should say. It's So digital obviously changed everything, but actually kind yeah. of... Well, and only to an extent. Okay. Because Tell me why. even... Um, this is really going to solidify our authenticity as like music experts, but Macklemore. Mm-hmm. So for the people still listening, well, apparently he's like, like apparently people hate Macklemore. Oh yeah. So it's like, he's fine. I mean, I enjoy a good thrift shop. Yeah. He had a few hits, but one of those hits, which is ceiling can't hold us. Right. He talks about how he, when he was coming up, um, he had his four-track bussin' across the city. Mm-hmm. So he basically, there are portable four-tracks. Mm-hmm. So you can record four things at once. And the fact, like, when you look at the gear that the Beatles would have had, it's the same thing as looking at computers, right? Sure. You look at a computer from 1960 compared to an iPhone, it's comical, the change. Right. And so, like, if... If you took John Lennon, who I think actually drove, I think John and maybe Paul were really the driving influences behind the technology. Oh, interesting. Okay. I think John was really into it. I could be wrong on that. One of them probably was. At least one of them was. You know what? Pete Best. Probably Pete. Yeah. He was in the booth. They took everything from Pete. They took everything from Pete and stuck him in the booth. (laughs) (laughs) which good on pete for like hitting record right you know true like if you took john from 1960s and brought him to today like first of all sir hand sir hand would be very upset this is true all that work all that work for what (laughs) oh my god (laughs) (laughs) oh it's great like he would look at an iphone and be flummoxed. He would explode. He would because of the size of a four-track recorder back then. Sure. Like the even just the 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 tape, they weren't even cassettes because they weren't together. Just the reels for the reel-to-reel were like the size of a Frisbee. That's one of the things that like has amazed me in even the last 10 years, like since 2000, how things have changed so much and even... Even just phones, like, I mean, you mentioned the iPhone and how back in 2000, 10 years ago, the phone that I had. What'd you have? Do you remember? In 2000, honestly, 2000, I think I had a pager. Nice. Like, I think I had a pager. See, I'm a little older than you because in 2000, I was in, it was my June, depending, it was either sophomore or junior year. I might have that actually wrong. You probably <laughs> I'm not, do. I'm not good with dates. You might not have that wrong. As established, I'm not good with dates. I had, it was before, so you know how like the Nokia brick phones have become kind of a meme, like Absolutely. they're indestructible? Yeah. I had a phone before those phones, but it wasn't the big like Zach Morris. Like in a bag? No, it wasn't in a bag. My okay. mom did have of course you did, a car, car phone. Yeah. Oh, that you like had to click in. Oh. 
And I remember I just started messing with it once. And she's like, don't touch that. That's yeah, like well, literally $90 a minute. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but Everyone no. You get to pay by the minute. Oh my gosh. So my wife and I, when we were dating, yeah. we were we did the LDR for a little oh. while. Not let oh, that's LDS, Latter-day Saints. No, okay. we did the long distance relationship. Sure. And we would actually have to wait for nights and weekends to talk. Sure. Like I'll talk to you at nine. Yeah. Talk to you at it's nine. Free. Yeah. Amazing. That's crazy. Don't have that anymore. No, there are so many people that cannot relate to this. Yeah. I don't know if we've hit that audience yet. Do we like there? I was. I think it's mm-hmm. fair to say that it's probably not our core demographic. <laughs> no. Yeah, I would say no. <laughs> We're talking about the Beatles. We're talking about Pete Best. That is true. We no, are we talking about. What Pete are we talking about? Best. I don't really remember. We were talking actually about the um, "Please Please Me." The live album, yes. The live album. Oh, you had talked about the second session with overdubbing. And then you talked about overdubbing. And now, then they had a and break. I geeked from, out on technology. Which I love. Then they had a right, We've got a, a break for, for biscuits. Oi. Yeah, I, I don't know if you can tell, but we're based in London, we is. Right. It's, it's actually, it is actually foggy and rainy. I like how pretty much the longer this goes, the more we alienate any potential audience. Correct. Yeah. Which is, isn't that what you want to do in your first episode of a podcast Absolutely. is alienate everybody. Yeah. Just get as niche as possible. Right. We're talking about being in a basement in London. Yeah. Right. So they took a break from six to seven thirty. There was probably a football match. And <laughs> then they had the evening session, seven thirty to ten forty five. So they started they played for they were in the session for twelve hours and That's impressive. Minutes. It is impressive. The, the evening session was Hold Me Tight, which I love that song. Mm-hmm. Anna, Go To Him, never heard of it. It's probably in this book. Oh, you've heard it. You've heard Anna Go To Him. Okay. Because I I can remember hearing it, and you're, I think, probably a bigger Beatles fan than I am. I would say that seems accurate. Yep. Boys. I One thing I do hey, know. boys. One thing, right. One thing I will admit, as an avid music lover, mm-hmm. is that I'm not good with the details of like what's the name of this song? like i like this song what's like, the name of it i love this song oh yeah hey what's the name of that song i have no idea yeah i love this song yep i have no idea what it's called mm-hmm. chains i got nothing all i think about is the fleetwood mac chain chains chain chain of fools oh yeah right? chain of fools i believe is the name of the song yeah but chains no, I think it's just called Chains. It's irrelevant. Yeah. Baby, It's You. That was Britney Spears. Okay. Right. No, wait, no. That was a cover. Hit Me Baby One More Time was a cover of the Beatles' Baby, It's You. Right. Same yeah. same premise. And then Twist and Shout was the last song Interesting. on this album. So, it, it and, and, and this book... By the way, the book is called All the Songs, the story behind every Beatles release. And I know that my conversation and my expertise on this book will lead you to believe that it is a phenomenal book. Like I suggest if you're a Beatles fan, get the book. This was given to me by my father-in-law. In all seriousness. Yes. You've given me a birthday present idea for my mother. Good. Like if well, that now book you ruined it. If that book goes missing like mid-December, don't worry about it. No. And Justin's mother. <laughs> so mid-December would be too dis- late. That'd be a dis- Christmas <laughs> present. 
<laughs> Please disregard the note in the front that says, Stephen, Merry Christmas, enjoy the history, Ken and April. Yeah, but here's the thing. Yeah. When I give people cards, yeah. one of my favorite things to do, uh-huh. like it, and to the point where I'm going to say what I did. I love, <clears throat> excuse me, let's say you had a birthday coming up. I do. Happy birthday. I would get you a card that says like, happy new house. Sure. Or congrats on the promotion. Absolutely. And just with a single line, cross that out. Love that. And write happy birthday. I love it. Because it's, it's funny to me. It's funny. Like, it's not. If you have to say yes, that's funny. I agree. Eh. It's not. It's okay. not. Yeah, that's true. It's not funny. But I think it's hilarious. Right. And there are many things in my life that I find that I will do just because I think they're funny. But this life, your life, is about you. To the point where my wife got me an anniversary card one time. Oh. And I'm pretty sure it said "Happy Birthday," and she crossed it out and wrote "Anniversary." That's awesome. And it was like, you know what? You just earned one more year. Yeah. Yeah. That right there. Got us another year together. Good. You did it. And you've been very happily married ever since. Well, it was last year. Right. Yeah. Well, at least you'd be married through the end of May <laughs> of this year, next year, twenty. I love you, dear. Right, of course. <laughs> so that's that's Please Please Me by the Beatles. Um, this is actually interesting. So now it goes through and talks about the even the instruments that they used during that live session. So like... Paul McCartney, left-handed. He was. He used a Hofner 500 bass. Yeah. It's a violin bass that he bought in 1961 at Steinway's in Hamburg for 30 euros. That's $45. I would be shocked. What year? 1961. I would be shocked if he went into a music shop, Steinway's, with euros in 1961 and they gave him anything. Okay. I think this book is translating it into current oh, day sure. price. Sure. Because, What's yeah. funny is they still use pounds in England. All right. Anyways, that's fascinating. Hofner bases. Look up a Hofner base I right am. now. Uh, I'm. Let me. I'm gonna guess. Oh, this stinks. Because if I'm way off, then I'm gonna look the fool. No, but the beauty of it all is, as we've determined, nobody can see it, so I can lie. And make it seem like you're spot on. No, there's our legions of fans are gonna just like constantly, like somebody's gonna build a subreddit about this podcast that is still yet to be named, and like fact check everything. Yeah, it's probably gonna be you. Yeah, easy. Um, <laughs> All right, how much? Five grand. Four thousand dollars. Yes, that was good. That was good. That was great. So these bases retail for over oh for over four thousand dollars. So five grand. And sell online for twenty eight sixty nine. So if you want a base that looks and plays like new, and you want to save hundreds, this is your chance. Doesn't make sense. That do- it do- the, these it- sell for over four thousand, but for you, best deal. <laughs> you come out back of music shop. We have best. in truck. www.hoffner500.com. <laughs> w- Two W's <laughs> like is great. Go to Apple Store. Go around back. <laughs> no, but like wow, right? So, so a friend of mine. Got a shout out, Quentin. Hey, Quentin. Got a Tarantino. Are you friends with Quentin Tarantino? So he's gonna love that you said that. Okay. First of all, great. So much so that um, a reference to that is in his like Xbox gamer tag. Wow. 
Yeah. Wait, shouldn't I have waited till the end of the episode to say that? Because doesn't he directed by? Yeah. This this is we should keep talking about this. This we is sh- good. We shouldn't. You should finish no, your I'm story. Glad. Yeah. I'm glad you did this. All right. Um, so a friend of yours, Quentin. He bought a. We went to a music shop one time together. Mm-hmm. Went out back. Oh. Right. No, and bought a. I think like violin shaped bass, but it was this cool kind of like orange, almost like a striped pattern. Like it's a sun, pot- like a sunburst. No, not no. sunburst. Striped. You said striped. Like, I'm gonna say tiger, but that it's not. Okay. It's it's like. It's hard to describe. It's also possible it wasn't violin shaped, and I'm totally misremembering this whole thing. Right. And either way, Quentin yeah. will tell us. He will. We should have, actually. He might be. He might be. I know he was starting to get into like making beats and stuff. He might be interesting to talk to. I think everybody's interesting to talk to in yeah. their own way. In their own way, yeah, that's a great qualifier. Like. There are people that we talk to on a daily basis that are very interesting to talk to. In their own way. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Anyway, do you wanna do you wanna hear what other instruments were played in this live session? I'd love to. Okay. So George and Paul used the Vox AC thirty as an amplifier in nineteen sixty two. So that's pretty cool. John used a a Gibson J one sixty which is an electric acoustic guitar that he ordered in 1962 from Rushworth in Liverpool and that they used to record every album from that point on. So that's interesting. So they used those guitar he used that guitar to record every album from from that point on. I wonder if it was in every album, but I know for a fact he played other guitars. Well, sure. So is that like a semi-hollow? I think it is. The Gibson J160E. I had a beautiful Ooh. What is it? It's beautiful. Yeah. Let me see that bad boy. Yeah, check it out. Oh, so it's not it's it's not a semi hollow. It's, it's literally an acoustic electric guitar. Correct. Okay. That looks beautiful. It's very nice. What I I love I love the Gibson, the inlays on the Gibson. Yeah. So I had an epiphone, which I pronounce it epiphone. I've heard other people say epiphany. How do you pronounce epiphone? Yeah. Um, We're probably wrong. I don't care. No. I had a 1989 epiphone Sheridan two, which is that kind of more traditional semi hollow style. So it looks more, it's like the big body electric with like the, the F shape cutouts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had that for a while back when I played more guitar it just beautiful sound out of the thing like more guitar like do you play any guitar now no okay very little and how much well, guitar did you play before um so I was I did a lot with um like church and youth group stuff mm-hmm. and I was in I'm gonna say this mm-hmm. I was kind of sort of in a band in high school Mm -hmm. like i was in high school band but that was all saxophone you played saxophone absolutely woodwinds for life sure yeah and every now and then i'd take the sax down to the shore we'd have a little sax on the beach hey 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 
Um, shout out Dano for that joke. That was great. And uh, no, so I did. I played saxophone. I guess I'd say in an organized environment. Sure. And then some friends and myself um, formed a quote band. That checks out. Yeah. Um, we were called the Big Boy Special. Of course you were. Yep. And unlike the Beatles, who really pushed the limits of technology mm. and overdubbed, mm-hmm. do you remember, like, have you ever seen those mini cassette recorders, like, for if you're in, like, college lecture? Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, we recorded our whole thing by hanging one of those from the drop ceiling in my mom's basement. It's beautiful acoustics. They sound best. best. <laughs> With the sound was Pete. Best Pete sound. Pete best. <laughs> Oh yeah, right. You just Pete is best. Took that. Yeah. So the sound was totally Pete. Oh, we were called the Big Boy Special. Damn. And I played guitar in that group. Yeah, you did. Um, Lead guitar. Yes. Or just the guitar. Um, no lead. And then we didn't really have a drum set. Sure. This is why I say band with very heavy quotation marks. But we did technically record an album. I need this album. I'm going to say it was an EP. It was an I, EP at best. I need it. You I, have to have it. I I might. You definitely have it. I don't know if I do. If there's one thing I know about you, it's that you have this album. <sighs> I might. Anyway. Anyways. So we recorded one cassette. It was awful. We tried to cover Smells Like Teen Spirit. Which, which ended is not the name of the song. Teen Spirit. Smells Like Teen Spirit is not the name of the song. What's the name of the song? Yeah, like, as I said that, I was like, maybe it is, but it's not. I'm pretty sure it smells like Teen Spirit. Is it? Isn't there a song? It's possible that I'm wrong. This is coming from the guy who literally minutes ago said, I'm not good at remembering song names. This is true. But there is a song, and I think it's by Nirvana. Yeah. I mean, I know I know the song you're talking about is by Nirvana. Nirvana. Nirvana is a new band. Yeah, Nirvana. It's a it's the Nirvana cover band. Nobody's listening anymore. They've all pressed pause. No, they've just closed the app. Right. They're like Stephen and Justin have ruined podcasts. Yeah. For I me. left Joe Rogan for this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's definitely smells like Teen Spirit. All right, I believe you. But isn't there a Nirvana song? That everybody like that is like smells like Teen Spirit, where there's some type of iconic verse or something that like it people think is the name of the song, but it's not the name of the song. Are you thinking of? I think I'm thinking of Teenage Wasteland, which is a song by not Nirvana. I understand, but it's Teenage Wasteland is not the name of the song, is it? No. Weedus did Teenage Dirtbag. First of all, now you've totally Mandela'd me. I need you to look up Smells Like Teen Spirit and tell me that that is... It is. A thank you. While you're looking up whatever song you're looking for, the Big Boy special, we tried to cover that. Oh, yeah, sorry. And it basically got to the point where like somewhere in the either the first chorus or very early in the second verse... You can hear me in the recording go, screw it, I'm going to the solo. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And we just had fun. And then it just, every song just like ended with us just getting faster and faster and just devolving into noise. Oh, of course. So I, my, my 
my room growing up was in the basement of our house. Okay. It's just me and my mom. And so in the finished basement and it was like, we're in your basement and you've got nice carpet down here. I'm guessing mm-hmm. there's a, you got a little carpet pad down here. Mm-hmm. This was just that like thin, mm. like indoor, outdoor carpet. Yeah. Utility room. And then cement. And cement. Right. So our drummer was Joe banging a baseball bat on the ground. No, it wasn't. It was. Joe, wherever you are, my man, like, good on you. Yeah. <laughs> Did Joe even want to be a drummer, or was he just like, ah, I'll hit a baseball bat on the floor? Yes. Okay, good. The second one. <laughs> yes, all of it. Yes. <laughs> yes and yes. It was, hey, Joe's my neighbor and my friend. We're hanging out doing this. Hey, can I come over? Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> well, what am I going to do while I'm here? I don't know. Bang this bat on the floor. Bang the bat on the floor and hope it sounds good. We were basically Beck. Okay. Yeah, very experimental, like way ahead of our time. Love it. Although Beck was really popular before this. So anyways. No, but I mean. Um, we did a, I know we, I'm trying to remember what we did. We tried covering Smells Like Teen Spirit. I had written a parody of, um, oh, what's the song? The, um, it's about the car crash. Um, By Pearl Jam? Ooh, last Kiss? Yes, Last Kiss. Thank yeah, you. You're welcome. Um, it was I've, the ooze that really gave it to yes, me. Yes, absolutely. Like I, like I said, we're going to get copyright stricken for right. my spot on were impersonation. You the yes. You were the singer? Of Pearl Jam. Oh, and this song, yes. You were the singer of the Big Boy Special? I was one of. Were you all singers? There were more than one singer. There was more than one singer. But I had written a parody for Last Kiss that was about the Flintstones. Go on. (laughs) (laughs) I love how we started talking about one of the biggest bands of history. (laughs) And now we're talking about the Big Boy Special. We're on the Big Boy Special. Which, wait. If any of you have not heard of the Big Boy Special, have you been living under a rock? What are you even listening for the to last this for? Ten years. Turn this off <laughs> and go listen to the Big Boy Special, which is impossible to do. No, the this is very important. It's just Big, Big Boy, Boy Special. Ah, there might have been a the. I can't remember. Well, um, whatever you say is true. So it was. I I don't remember many of the lyrics, but I do remember that during the ooh part. Mm-hmm. Can you guess? What the parody of Ooh was in a song about the Flintstones. Yabba Dabba Doo. You are 100% right. Yeah. Yabba Dabba Doo. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I am crying right now. I need to find it. Because you need to find I it. I need to find it. I need to hear that. You all need to hear that. Oh, no. No one needs to hear it. That's the. Everybody needs to hear it. It's real bad. One thing I promise you, all of our loyal listeners, is if my buddy Justin Podcast can, f- Army. can find this, you will hear it. <laughs> I, I promise that. I'm going to get calls from people I haven't heard from in decades saying, can you please take this off of the internet? Yeah. Yeah. To which we'll say, thank you, we'll take it under consideration. And no. Baba O'Reilly Oh, is the name of the song, Teenage Wasteland. Okay. Teenage Wasteland is not called Teenage Wasteland, but everybody knows it as Teenage Wasteland. Yeah. It's Bob O'Reilly. And if there's two bands that I often get confused, it's Nirvana and The Who. Right. Very Pete Townsend. He's yeah. another guitarist. Yeah. We were looking for drummers. Yeah. Who's the drummer of? That was a year ago. Hmm? 
Who's the drummer of the Who? No, who's on first? Wow. Yeah. Talk about a year ago. Right? I don't know. Have you... So we talked a lot about the Beatles. I know like two drummers. Who do you know? I know Pete Best. Yep. And Ringo. Ringo Starr. Yeah. Do you even remember who I named? You named Pete Best. Yeah. Ringo Starr. Uh Uh-huh. The guy from Metallica, I think is what you said. (laughs) I literally did say the guy from Metallica. Um, You also named the one who I knew, uh, Barker. Travis Barker. Travis Barker. Yep. I think that was all you named. No. No, you named another one. Neil Peart. Neil Peart. Oh, and that one that one armed dude from Def Leppard. I That's yeah. not his name. No, it's not. Much like Teenage Wasteland. Is not the name of the song by the Who. It might have been his name though. Maybe the drummer was named Teenage This isn't funny. Moving it's on. not. Carter Beaufort. Wh- what? Carter Bo- <laughs> Carter Beaufort. Would you just call me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Carter Beaufort, I would put up against Oh, I is he gonna... Dave Matthews drummer? Yes, he is. Ah. No, no, no. Okay. Good drummer. Phenomenal drummer. But it took me a minute to realize how you fine. would know a band, a drummer's name. Which yeah. is fine. Yeah. Phenomenal drummer. Sure. I'm going to say top five drummers of all time. Sit with it. Given the fact that I couldn't name five, I can't argue with you at the moment. No, I know you can't. That's why I said that. Because you can't. Oh, uh, well. No. No. You can't say, oh, the guy from Metallica is a better drummer. You could. Yeah. We're going to talk about Carter Beaufort or Dave Matthews, and I'm going to show you some things that are going to make you understand. We're going to talk about Dave Matthews a lot. Yeah, we are. Christmas 2023. And Carter Beaufort is a phenomenal drummer. You asked me to look something up. What was it? I had asked you to make sure that Smells Like Teen Spirit was called Smells Like Teen Spirit. Confirmed. So Pete Best. Yeah. I wonder what he's up to now. Uh, what do you do from after you get kicked out of the Beatles? What do you do? But, I mean, apparently you find a wife, you get some kids, and you become very happy. So this is in, like, so they already had a manager. Mm-hmm. So there was some success. Yeah. Because, like, you've done the the indie music, local music scene. Yep. Like, at any point in your gigging, did no. you ever think, I need a manager? Never. No. So there's some success already. Ringo Starr replaced Pete Best on August 16th, 1962. And when was that album recorded? Wasn't that 62? 1963. So a year later. The Beatles formed in 1960. Pete Best was a Beatle for two years. So all those, like the club gigs and everything. Yep. So they're seeing success, yep. enough to have a manager. Enough to have a poster child. And you'd have to assume that by 1962, they had plans to record an album. Absolutely. I mean, in 1963, they did. They released one. Right. So. In February of 63. Oh. So in August of 62, they were like, hey, we're about to record this album. Yeah, get out of here. Get out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Oi, Pete. Which one's Pete? This, the second from the right? Of course he is. Yeah. Strapping young Wow. Lad. He, wait, hold on. Let me see that again. Sure. He looks like, 
from here, he looks like like Travolta in Greece. Hundred percent looks like Travolta from Greece. His hair is not a bull. No, he's like he's got a strong jawline. He's um, rebel without a cause. What was his name? I don't know. The internet's a phenomenal thing, though. This is really bad. I should know this. Well, you'll know it. No, I should. John, Jimmy, James. James Dean. James Dean. Jeez. He's got like a James Dean vibe. Very much he does. Yeah. Like he's saying James Dean, now you know who I mean. Listen, everybody. I'm not going to. You were the singer of Big Boy Cat. Big Boy Cat. A band dedicated to the feline music. <laughs> hey. It sounded like cats. Like it wasn't. It was not good, and this no. is not like uh, humble brag. No, it was bad. No, I understand that. Yeah, which is why you want to hear it. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I will try and find it. I know. Eventually, I know. It's not prioritized. So, what do you do if you're if you're Pete Best? It's it's September nineteen sixty two. Yeah. So you're like. What are you doing in September? Right. Because you know the band is big enough to start doing things. Yep. I wonder when like Ringo was announced. Like, did they have Ringo on deck? Ooh. You know what I mean? I do. Was this in your doc? And any of this was not in your documentary, huh? So, okay. Can we talk about that? I would love to. Get Back, the documentary that came out last year, holiday season. Right. Or at least that's when it was on in my house. I want to preface this by saying, I love my mother. I love you, Ma. And I'm happy. I also like your mother a lot. Yeah, you met my mom. Yeah. Many so, times. So She's great. She is. So I had gotten, we had, I think that was Apple TV. So we had Get Back. Uh-huh. She watched it in our living room. In your living room? Because she was up for the holidays. I think this was, I forget if it was Thanksgiving or Christmas. doesn't matter. The first episode date was November 25th, 2021. So that checks out to be Thanksgiving. If if they released it episodically, though, it might have been Christmas. I don't know. It doesn't matter. None of this matters. I mean, like. None of of anything matters. None of anything matters. Yet Um, it is all matter. So. Get Back was on in my house. Yeah. And I at first thought it was cool. As you've already heard, I'm interested in gear, technology, the 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 how behind music production. And also I'm like I love video production. You? And yes. Hmm. It's a thing huh. that I do. And so hearing that Peter Jackson's involved and they got all this previously unreleased footage restored HD super cool concept. Like we're going to take you behind the scenes of, I think the number of weeks, whatever leading up to days. 22 days. Thank you. Leading up to the Beatles final concert, mm-hmm. which was on the roof of the something studio. That's correct. Thank you. Seville row studio. Seville row. Seville Row Studio. Yeah. 
first time Beatles had been together in a while. They were kind of estranged at this point. This is true. You know, John and Yoko were doing their thing. Mm-hmm. George was doing his thing. He had become kind of disenfranchised with all of it. You got Ringo there. That's ba- what was great, though, is pretty much in in every episode, Ringo's just like sitting at the drums, like, "Can we play yet?" Right. Like he's just ready to go. And I don't know if you've ever been in like a practice or a rehearsal with a drummer. I have. It's great when they're just playing while people are talking. Love that. Like, it's the best. Almost Bold. as good as like, okay, we're ready to go, and then the guitarist is like, "Let me just tune one more time." Right. Yeah. Meanwhile, myself as a bass player, I'm just like, first of all, you're not going to turn the subs on anyways. Right. So can we just like do this? Right. Anyways. So it was interesting at first. It was so boring. Really? Yes. Awful. Why? I think it was a case of um, old Ian Malcolm. Okay. You spent too, so much time wondering if you could, you didn't stop to think if you should. It's Jurassic Park, Ian Malcolm. Uh, Thank you for clarifying. You're welcome. Um, Jeff Goldblum, character in Jurassic Park. I think I was... No, that was somebody else. Never mind. Okay. Um, I was thinking I thought I saw him speak recently, <laughs> but I didn't. <laughs> I was mistaken. If there's anything that's great for a podcast, it's inside jokes in the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> really brings the audience in. Doesn't you know, it? yeah. Yeah. So no, it was it 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 was just Were you were you expecting something different and were your expectations let down or was it truly boring? I had no expectations. Okay. And I have no problem watching I think that something like it does it didn't need to be action packed like how I well, put be, it this way I like I like documentaries sure put it that way and I think that a moment in time slice of life documentary is very interesting okay because it's just saying here's something that happened without any other message it's just historically like this happened this happened we're done and I like the Beatles. Like I said, I, I don't love them. Sure. But if a Beatles song comes on, I'll I'll play it out. Naturally. You know? Um, I do. And Peter Jackson, great filmmaker. Great filmmaker. Outside of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, he did the Hobbit movies. He did. Ooh, this could be a potential future topic. Is he actually a great filmmaker? Like, were those three... Did those three Lord of the Rings movies, like, is that enough to say great filmmaker? Yes. You think so? I think so. I'm not going to argue that. All right. But yeah, it was just, I don't know. And people, I'm sure there's people that disagree with me on this, but it just felt like there's something to be said for editing and go ahead. Okay. Quick side note. Yeah. Peter Jackson also produced King Kong. The Naomi Watts one. Okay. But. Eh, like, spectacle for the sake of spectacle. Sure. Which is what King Kong literally became. Right. He wasn't real. Wait. Yeah, I'm sorry. Are you 
kidding me right now? Yes, I am. Joke. He's joke. He's joke. Um, but do you think it was dull from your... Here's So here's what I mean. I didn't even get... I didn't finish the series. And there was only three episodes. Uh, really? They were released November 25th, 26th, and 27th. Because, like, okay, then it was three, like... Fellowship of the Ring extended cuts then. <laughs> like <laughs> with no bagginses. Hmm. No bagginses. <laughs> I think what happened is I went into it thinking, okay, I like the Beatles. I'm interested in production, both audio and visual. Sure. So there were moments when they were talking about like they literally wheeled in I want to say they were eight track recorders. That were brand new. Like they took them out of Ooh. the the Beatles studio and brought them to wherever they were recording this. Um, Seville Row. No. That actually was not the original place where they were going to record this. They were going to do another live album. Whoa, this is a nice callback similar to Please Please Me. Okay. Their last album was going to be a live album and it was in a, a TV studio, I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. So they only had the TV studio for a certain amount of time. Oh, uh, gotcha. Okay. And they were having trouble with the acoustics. They were having trouble with uh, audio, which, okay, you could, okay, same as acoustics. Oh, yeah, look it up in your book. I'm going to try. I don't know if it's in here if it didn't happen. Well, it did happen. It was Get Back, I'm pretty sure was the name of the album. Hmm. So... Like they bring in their 12 track recorder because they couldn't get the sound that they wanted with the recorders that they had present or let it be. Let it be was the last studio album. But get back is on let it be. Get back is on let it be. Yes. Yeah. 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 By the way, let it be. Good song. Probably my favorite Beatles song. Great song. Um, so yeah, they, they're like, they're talking about the tech and that was cool for me. And then just the concept of Peter Jackson with all this new footage, restoring it. Um, I don't know if restoring it's the right word, but I guess, you know, digitizing it. Sure. Um, and it was just, it wasn't holding my attention. And I think it was surprising because it's a band that I like with elements that I'm interested in like behind the scenes type stuff. Yeah. And it's like, I could only see George Harrison tune his guitar so many times. Okay. That's fair. Now, like, I don't well, even think you need to see that at all. Maybe once. Once is good. That's neat. How many times did they show it? M- many. Okay. But it was like, so they showed them coming up with the song, get back. Okay. And like they, you would just kind of hear like John and Paul just kind of strumming, And like, kind of like, they were even just kind of mumbling. They didn't even have words yet, but you can hear them going through chord progressions and like, yeah, starting to get a rhythm. And then like Ringo would come in with something and describing it. You're like, wow, that sounds really fun. Yeah. Boring. Like that moment was interesting, but then it's like five minutes of just, we got sandwiches. Okay. So it should have been edited more. Yes. The Beatles ended up at Twickenham Film Studios in Middlesex Hmm. where they had originally filmed The Hard Day's Night and Help. Mm -hmm. So this whole project, Let It Be, you know, the Let It Be album, the project was Get Back. They called the project Get Back. 
right? And so they were, this book talks about this whole last studio album and all of the things that you've mentioned and how I should read the book. Like it seems, it seems interesting. Like it, I'm reading. <laughs> Almost spit my water out. Good. I'm reading this, and it's like, wow, this is actually. I've obviously I've perused, but this is. I mean, look at this. This is like the War and Peace. It's a big book. It's a big book, and it's not. I don't know who Warren is, but that's right. a big book. Yeah, and it is. You know, something that I wouldn't just sit down and read this, but I've looked at different songs because what I what I use this book for is to look at some of my favorite Beatles songs. You have a song, you want to know the story behind it. Perfect. Real quick, the one th- the one Get Back documentary, yep. Peter Jackson, yep. was like, hey, let's make this 57 hours long Yeah. because we can. Right. A couple more just good edits. Yeah. I think, I think it's weird, and I'm not one of those people that thinks, well, if I do or don't like something, then anyone else should or shouldn't like it. I don't like what you like but it feels like i should be at least on the fringes of the target demographic for Mm -hmm. a for a beatles documentary i would agree with that grew up listening to it because of my mother i enjoy listening to the beatles i had an album i appreciate their impact on culture and their impact on just like the music industry in general all those things are interesting to me from the music side of things added on top of the production piece, whether it's audio or video. And it just couldn't hold me because it's like, and I don't, I don't need a thrill a minute, like roller coaster, but it was like, this is boring. But that's, that's disappointing to me. It's disappointing. It was disappointing to me for all. Like I I expect Peter Jack, damn you, Peter Jackson. Yeah. Like, I expect more. How dare you? Out of you. Yeah. I think my mom loved it. Eh. But she so maybe watched it. maybe it's possible we weren't the target She audience. watched it while staying with us for the holidays and didn't talk about it. Does that mean that she loved it? This is what I'm saying. I don't know if she did. Oh. Might have to call her up. Say, hey, Ma. LJ, did you like this? What'd you think of old Pete Jackson's? You should. Yeah. As you were talking, I was reading a little bit here. Yeah. And I was listening to what you were saying. No, it's the perfect time to do anything else is when I'm talking. Right. And so it's interesting because the goal of the, the, the Get Back project was to record an album live in front of the cameras with no sound effects, no overdubs, and an absolute return to basics. Like this was going to be their last studio album. They wanted to go back to where they started. Right. Like that was Get Back get back to where you once belonged to where you once belonged which was none of the to your point earlier none of the progressive thinking around technology and and the availability of the overdubbing and all well, I wonder I wonder if it was that or if it was more cuz even their last couple of albums for the time I think had gotten relatively experimental mm-hmm. maybe not fully experimental music cuz that but like where they started and where they ended without the get back album were two very different places, which Absolutely. I think as any band, you should grow and change it more. Absolutely. But like, I think as a Beatles fan, or I'm not going to say that it's fair to say that they had gotten kind of weird. Yeah. And I mean, Octopus's like, garden is a great, like they got weird, right? Things got weird. Good music. 
but yeah. kind of so some of it but like weird yeah and so get back like hey what if we like played chords yeah on guitars right like yeah. let's just do that yeah and if you look at it so it was this was john's idea and he is quoted as saying it was an absolutely dreadful process and experience you, that definitely comes across yeah in the documentary one of the one of the most and i do and and I'm, i know i'm reading this out of the book but i also remember seeing this not like in 1969 cuz i were also not poor. i wasn't there but one of the most famous altercations between paul and george took place while the cameras were rolling in this rec- the last album recording and it was George becoming extremely irritated after Paul suggested changes to his guitar solo. Mm -hmm. And he walked out. George just walked out. Just as Ringo had done a few months earlier when they recorded the White Album. Which, one of the best Beatles albums, the White Album. Interesting. In my opinion. So that is when they decided... (laughs) Ringo walked out. What? Of the White Album. Yeah. And they so, called Pete. <laughs> I was like, Ringo forgot where he started. And they were like, Pete, come back. It was like, the Beatles have a history of being like, oh, no, the drummer's gone. Yeah. Let's get anyone else. Literally. <laughs> like, hey, you, long-nosed so, fella. So long as you're uglier than us. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> as long as you're all uglier than us and you'll put a bowl on your head and let your mom cut your hair. Like, join us. But, but that's when they... So George came back and he insisted in recording this last album, he basically was the one that said, we're done. Like, we are done. And they no more TV shows, no more albums, no more shows. Done. Yeah. yeah. Well, until. How long? Let me ask you this. Yeah. The Beatles. Yeah. Iconic. Sure. Arguably the most iconic band of all time. Arguably, yes. 1960, they started. Mm-hmm. How long did their run last? Of actively producing music. Well, you just said 1969. Right. Nine years. So you're saying relatively short amount of time for their impact on history. Nine years. I would say the most disruptive band to their time of all time. Most disruptive band to their time. Like 1959, no Beatles. Right? Right. Okay. 19... Well, do you still have your laptop out? I don't, but I have my... Yeah, your phone. Ifen. What was like the number one song of 1959? It's a great question. I don't know, but it's not going to be the Beatles. Pete Best. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> Pete Best drum solo. Johnny Horton. Never heard of him. He was that guy that has all those donut shops up in Canada. That's Tim Horton. Oh. That's his brother, Tim. Oh, yeah. We're going to go up for, you know, an and extra extra and some Timbits. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So here, here's here's the thing. Mac the Knife is number two by Bobby Darren. Yeah. Okay. Darren. Bobby Darren. The Battle of New Orleans was the number one hit in 1959 by <sighs> Johnny Horton. I I do not. If that song was played, I might. Top four songs of 1959. Yeah. I've heard of one. What name them? So the Battle, Battle of New Orleans, Orleans, Johnny Horton, Mac the Knife, Bobby Darren, Personality, Lloyd Price, Venus, Frankie Avalon. 
I got nothing. Out of all those, out of the, out of the eight things I said, being the song title and the artist, I've heard of two. Mac the Knife, Bobby Darren. Never heard of the other three artists, never heard of the other three songs. And it's possible you know Mac the Knife because I'm pretty sure it's been covered. Oh, no, I know the original Bobby Darren, Mac the Knife. Yeah? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think I knew it from Brian Setzer first. Okay. I think he did Mac the Knife. I could be wrong on that. Either way, no one's going to check. I'm a big, big band fan. 1959. No Beatles. 1960? Beatles. So Mac the Knife, Octopus's Garden. Disruptive. Yeah. Has there ever been a sh- uh, changing of the guard quite like the only the 50s thing I would maybe say is maybe Nirvana in the 90s? That I mean, it was. I don't. What I'm. What I'm not saying. Okay. Is that they're as big as the Beatles? Oh well. And uh, and I don't think that their impact on the world, just pop culture in general is as prolific as the Beatles is. Okay, yeah, I, yes. But as far as a, when you said the term changing of the guard, that's what made me think of it. Because you're coming out of the 80s and the early 90s, which was basically the 80s again, the 80s too. And then all of a sudden you get grunge. Okay. And then grunge defined a big portion of the 90s. All right. I'm not going to disagree with that. And what's really interesting, I didn't know this. Rage Against the Machines' first album came out before Nirvana's. I never would have guessed that. Right? little fun fact. I mean, the Beatles. What more do you need to know about the 60s than the Beatles and cool cars? Yeah. Okay. I think that's the only thing that happened in the 60s. That's why people were so excited when the Beatles came around. Right. They, they were like, like something. Jeez, oh, we were just staring at the sun. Yeah, and these cool cars. Yeah. That's why they didn't notice the, the haircuts. Right. Because they were like, looking into the sun. They're literally just like, well, this is all we have. Well, they had the big oval sunglasses. It's true. When was Roy Orbison? When was Roy Orbison? Yeah. <laughs> when, when, was, like, when was this person? English is my first language. I think he was the 70s. Maybe. Maybe the late 60s. You just said big sunglasses. He's who I thought of. He does have big sunglasses? <laughs> no, but I think I think he could be the late 60s, early 70s. I wonder, do we just bring a fun fact every episode? Or like something, because we started this historically, like what happened? Something about Pete Best, right? Was today he was kicked out? Well, today was the first time they appeared on a live television okay. show in 1962. So it's like, hey, in music history, this happened. But also Pete Best got kicked out of the band. And we talked about the Beatles for like a Peter Jackson's amount of time. And probably portrayed the same feeling to everybody that this Everyone's documentary... Everyone's like, I'm bored. <laughs> that this sucks. documentary portrayed to you. So... I think we've only, done a great only job. Only Justin's mom is going to like this. No, and Eileen, my mom will love it. <laughs> yeah. And she'll love that you insulted her. Through, I didn't. Through my Oh pause. my gosh, I feel bad about that. Listen, Pete Best, for all of you out there that feel like Pete Best does after listening to this podcast, you're welcome. Yeah. You should be grateful. Because we've given you something not to listen to. You get to go and live your lives <laughs> and never listen to this and again. And not be consumed by this again. All right. Hey, listen. 
This has been a lot of fun. It's been a tremendous amount. Of fun. I'll see you next time. I'll see you next time. All right, bye. Bye.